The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's 3.38 here on this Friday edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. This is producer Brad Whisker, typically sitting on the other side of the glass, but today I am filling in for Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. As mentioned earlier this hour, Jalen is on her way back from a military conference in Halifax, and Andrew Gross still has a few days left in Las Vegas. We're still getting plenty of texts to the 630-630 about words that you mispronounce or your kids mispronounced or things you've heard in passing. We'll get to more of those in the next hour. Joining us right now on the phone line is AMA Chief Driving Instructor Flavio Ilovan. We're going to talk about bike lanes, fuel-efficient driving, and planning for a summer road trip. Flavio, thanks for taking the time to join the show. Good afternoon, Brad. My pleasure. So let's kick things off with bike lanes. Being a driving instructor, what are some of the biggest tips you pass on to new drivers in regards to bike lanes in the downtown and other areas of the city? Well, uh, definitely with the new bike lanes in uh, downtown Edmonton, uh, there's quite a bit of a change in the in the motoring landscaping. So uh, what we instruct our uh, students at AMA Driver Education is to pay uh, more attention uh, than usual because they're well marked and uh, there's lots of signage uh, that, you know, will, uh, will tell them how to uh, deal with those lanes. So, for example, you have intersections where uh, there is uh, no right turns on red lights so we draw their attention to that change in signage um, and in control devices but generally speaking those are uh, two-way bicycle lanes so becomes very important when turning right uh, to make sure that the driver will not only shoulder check uh, prior to turning but also look ahead because could be an oncoming bicycle in those lanes as well. Now, Flavio, I live downtown, and I have to admit I do at times forget the fact that I do need to, to watch out for cyclists. I'm sure you've been downtown and see the, seen the massive bike grid. Do you feel that the city has done a bit too much to accommodate cyclists downtown, or do you think that they will continue to expand with more bike lanes? Uh, well, uh, from what uh, front I've seen, uh, yeah, it, it looks like uh, they're everywhere in downtown. But, uh, you know, all, all we can do as motorists uh, is to share the road at this point. So they're already installed and uh, we have to deal with them. So, um, yeah, uh, just a little extra care will go a long way in dealing with them. It, uh, it, it seems like it's a bit of an overload, but... Uh, uh, it gets better with uh, with time, and and you know more more miles for downtown will definitely make it easier to deal with them. Are there any other areas in the city that you're hearing complaints of about bike lanes, or where you know potential new bike lanes might be coming in? Whether it's driver concern, cyclist concern? Uh, no, no, I'm not aware of any concerns on that front. Okay, and we actually just got a text in here to 630-630. It goes a bit away from the topics we were going to discuss, but I wanted to get to it. This is for Beth. Since it's construction season, does AMA teach the zipper method when it comes to merging into one lane? 
Oh, I think that's an excellent uh, text and question, Brad. Um, actually, we do, uh, and and that's uh, that's a bit of a new concept uh, here in Alberta. I believe a couple of years ago, uh, Alberta Transportation started to officially use the, the zipper merging signs in construction zones and areas. And yes, at uh, AMA Driver Education, we believe that uh, zipper merging is a more effective way uh, to to deal with congestion in those areas, uh, for sure, or any type of lane closures. Uh, so effectively, uh, what zipper merging means is uh, whenever a lane ends, uh, we ask motorists uh, to use courtesy and alternate the right of way. So one vehicle per lane will proceed, uh, you know, when they hit the bottleneck. And uh, the proper way to deal with it is, is for motorists to, to go all the way up to where the lane ends, and that's the point where they try to make that lane change rather than, you know, lane change early and then just create a huge lineup for everybody. So this method is being taught. Do you see it working? Do you see it happening often yep. out on the roads? Well, uh, we, we're teaching it here at uh, the AMA Driver Education. It certainly works. Um, now, what happens on the roads might be a bit of a different story. Uh, it's more popular south of the border for sure, but, uh, you know, it will take some time for, uh, for motorists in Alberta to get used to it. But, uh, yeah, if done properly, this uh, zipper merging can reduce congestion by up to 40% in those bottleneck situations. 343 here on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Brad Whisker filling in for Jalen 9. Andrew Gross chatting with AMA Chief Driving Instructor Flavio Ilovan. Flavio, when it comes to fuel-efficient driving, this is something that a lot of people want to hear because, well, gas prices are reaching a buck twenty, a buck thirty in certain parts of the province. They're going up to a buck thirty-five or more. What are some of the tips that you're offering our listeners and other drivers in the province to make sure that they're getting the best bang for their buck? Well, uh, I got some good news on that front. Uh, th- there are ways uh, to uh, to save uh, money on fuel, and uh, most of these tips uh, are in you know in the driver's control. Uh, so it starts with uh, managing speed, um, reducing the speed, or managing the cruising speed. Just to give you an example, Brad, if if uh, somebody will increase the cruising speed from 100 to say 120 kilometers per hour, this will also increase fuel consumption by about 20 percent. And this is, you know, with most vehicles. Um, on the other hand, if a driver will reduce the cruising speed from 100 kilometers per hour to 90 kilometers per hour, uh, the fuel economy improves by about 10%. So overall, just by managing that cruising speed, the driver can save around uh, 30% on fuel costs. Wow. I mean, I, I wouldn't have guessed <laughs> yeah. that. So, <laughs> so you're, 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 you're making me happy because my tank's at about... Well, one quarter left in the in the tank right now, so I'm thinking I'm going to have to fill up on the on the way home. But once I fill that tank up, I'm going to have to uh, take those tips to heart. We have another uh, text coming in here, Flavio. Do you ever fail someone trying to get their license? And if so, what percentage of people that take the course are not able to get a license because they are clearly unable to drive in a safe manner, or because they don't understand the rules of the road? That came in from Brett. 
Okay, so uh, first I would like to differentiate between a driving instructor and a, and a driver examiner, and I think at times there's a bit of an overlap uh, in regards to those two functions. Uh, so in driver training, we don't fail anyone, uh, unless the text refers to an examiner and a road test situation. Uh, but uh, to address what we do here, so we do have a competency-based program uh, that will uh, generate uh, a certificate of completion, uh, and uh, if, if the driver that goes for the program is uh, driving independently about 75% of the time, then, you know, it's considered a reduced risk for insurance. So that's probably, uh, you know, the question about failing and, and passing the program. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't necessarily have numbers, but uh, there, are, there are drivers that take longer than others to, to get trained uh, to the AMA standard, which, once again, is they need to perform every maneuver safely and independently about 75% of the time. We're chatting with AMA Chief Driving Instructor Flavio Ilovan. It's 3.46 here on the 6.30 Chet Afternoons, Afternoon News. Flavio, would you mind holding on for a few minutes so I can get to a break, and then we can talk about uh, planning for a summer road trip. Sounds good. All right, we'll be back in a few. here on this Friday edition of the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. We've been chatting with AMA Chief Driving Instructor Flavio Iluvan. And Flavio, as as we went to break, I wanted to come back and talk to you about properly planning for a summer road trip. So give us some insight on that. Well, um, you know, uh, it depends on on the how long the journey is there, there could be different tips but uh, they all start in one place uh, being prepared is uh, is probably at least half of uh, f- half of the battle being won right there so give the vehicle uh, a quick uh, inspection before uh, proceeding on the road trip uh, make sure the, the windshield wipers are in good working condition the horn uh, the brakes uh, for obvious safety reasons um, and uh, Tire condition can also influence, uh, you know, how enjoyable that uh, road trip is or not. Uh, but uh, what we recommend here at AMA Driver Education is to check uh, tire pressure monthly. And by the way, that ties into another way to save on fuel. Uh, underinflated tires, uh, you know, by eight psi can reduce the life of those tires and definitely will increase the fuel consumption. Uh, so have those things uh, checked. Uh, make sure there's enough uh, windshield washer fluid. Uh, uh, in the reservoir, so we have good visibility as a driver. Now, if if somebody's planning for a longer road trip, uh, then you know a more uh, in-depth uh, vehicle inspection and would be needed, and uh, that driver needs to ensure that uh, the maintenance schedule is followed, uh, the oil is clean, engine oil is clean, and tires are rotated, the timing belt is in good shape, uh, so things like that. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if you have uh, somebody uh, that knows where you're going, that would be great because then somebody will know when to expect you back. So if there's any issue, somebody would at least know uh, to check on you. I think another big thing, too, is to make sure you have some sort of emergency kit, whether it's in the car oh. itself or in the trunk. I mean, you, we always hear stories about people being stranded in, in rural parts of, of the province and, and not having the proper tools to, to handle themselves if they get stuck in that situation. So I believe that's a message that we need to get across as well. 
Uh, definitely that goes without saying. I mean, here in Alberta, we're used to having winter kits and emergency kits, so that that's an item that should not uh, be left uh, aside from any kind of driving in this province. And probably the number one item in that kit needs to be a charged cell phone, especially nowadays. Yeah, and the nice thing now is most newer automobiles are equipped with some sort of plug-in that you can charge your phone on the go. So it's I, I feel like it's always nice to have a, an extra charger or a spare charger in the car in case you uh, wind up in that situation. Another thing I wanted to ask you, Flavio, about uh, going on these road trips, I found myself uh, in a situation a few years back where on the side of the road there's those signs saying there's a rest stop or there's gas stations coming up in 60 70 80 kilometers i feel like you need to stop at that next gas station if you're concerned you can't make it to the one after that because i basically rolled into a gas station with my gas light on at one point and if i hadn't made it there i like others would have been just stuck on the side of the road waiting for a tow Definitely. Uh, leaving home with a full gas of tank and then knowing the range of the vehicle uh, will come in handy to make sure that you have that peace of mind and you take the, the stress out of uh, driving, you know, thinking that you're running out of fuel. So, yeah, uh, for longer trips, definitely refuel at uh, every opportunity, especially if you are in a remote area where you're not sure uh, when and where the next gas station will be. All right, Flavio, thanks so much for uh, taking the time this afternoon to chat with me and uh, have yourself a good weekend, and I'm sure we'll be in touch down the road. My pleasure. Thank you. That is Flavio Ilovan, AMA Chief Driving Instructor. Offered a lot of great tips there. So make sure you use them if you're heading out on a road trip this summer. I don't want to be reading a story about you stuck on the side of the road because uh, that is not an enjoyable time, especially as David Phillips, the environmentalist that uh, joined us at 2.30, told us that it is going to be a very hot and at times wet and stormy summer. We're going to get into this in the 4 o'clock hour, obviously, as Dave Campbell's going to stop by and chat with us about everything that happened during the Stanley Cup Finals last night. Washington winning its first Stanley Cup in franchise history, 44 years in the making. The game, to me, was okay, but the thing that I loved the most was the passion that came out of TJ Oshie after the game in a post-game interview. Take a listen to this. Washington subway to work every day and here's the king of the metro system all those people who take it to work don't have a Stanley Cup but you do tell me what you're thinking oh we all have it now <laughs> oh man I don't know it's it's just I don't it's hard to describe uh, besides the my wedding day and my birth of my two girls this is this is the most amazing most amazing feeling I've ever had. TJ, let's just talk for a second about life's turns. In 2002, you moved to Warroad, your father's hometown. Um, you led Warroad to two state high school hockey championships, UND after that, and now you're a Stanley Cup champion. Where's your father, Tim, figuring this win tonight? Oh, you're making me cry really now. My dad's here in the crowd. Uh, he is, uh, he's diagnosed with all doesn't uh he doesn't remember a lot of stuff but you bet your ass he's gonna remember this one 
Every year I watch the Stanley Cup final, like so many other people around the world, and there's always those emotional post-game comments from players who have battled through thick and thin to get to this point. TJ Oshie has put in 10-plus years in the NHL, has represented his country, the United States, at many Olympics. Prior to this, I had not heard the story of his father suffering from Alzheimer's. To see him shed those tears last night and get the chance to celebrate with his dad. As TJ Oshie mentioned, his father was in the crowd for that game. He sure will remember that moment. And to top it off, TJ Oshie's father was able to make it to the ice at some point after the game, give his son a hug, take a picture with that Stanley Cup. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what sports is all about. We're coming up to 3.57. I need to take a break for the news. We'll be back with you at about 5 after 4, get into some business numbers, some sports with Dave Campbell as mentioned. That's coming up on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.